of the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the Tiger? It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass. Rush down the pocket. Throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Tuesday the 19th, and you're tuned into Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Icewarner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. How are we doing? America found out what I've known for months on end yesterday. Julio Rodriguez is a star. He is, I know Soto won, but J-Rod, I think J-Rod's the story after last night. Yeah, that was a pretty fun home run derby. I, I Well, let's say the biggest upset in sports in the last six years. Iver Pujols getting out of the first round? <laughs> yeah, honestly. I was, was, I was I not expecting that. that. And before you uh, talk about it, Luke, because I know you probably got some things to say about Iver Pujols. Word on the street, Kyle Schwarber threw it. <laughs> Kyle Schwarber threw the home run derby. He just, yep, he he, he uh, pulled the parachute about halfway through. He knew he, he just wanted to get some batting practice in, keep the swing right, didn't want to hurt anything for the rest of the season, and, you know, let Pujols keep going. It, it was a cool moment for Albert, don't get me wrong, and I can understand how that would be just a little bit suspect if you're looking at it from the outside, but it was funny. I, I don't think so, because Pujols himself <laughs> was so shocked that he was still alive. You know, he had to go get his batting gloves and whatever, but it was just a cool moment uh, for him to put on a show at the All-Star Game. Like I said, off the air yesterday, I was just kind of hoping that they would add those home runs onto his tally so he can get to 700 and just kind of <laughs> get a 700 to be done. kind of move on with things, to be completely honest with me, because, you know, Hitting 220 off the bench isn't exactly what the Cardinals need from him right now. But it was a cool moment uh, for J-Rod and Juan Soto as well. The future of baseball, man. They were, I think the stat was Rodriguez was 89 days old when Albert Pujols <laughs> hit his first home run. Uh, and Soto was like two years and so many days. So uh, it, it was good to see the future of baseball is in uh, safe hands. And Soto's the second youngest to ever win the, the uh, home run derby by one day. Mm. Almost, almost to the hour one day. But uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more as we continue on today. But is... The home run derby back. I feel like it lost its kind of momentum there for a while, especially with the old format with the nine outs because it took forever. I think it did kind of lead itself to a little bit more theatrics with the nine outs because they took you have more time to kind of build it. Um, but do you think it's back fully? And do you think it's back because of just how good the young guys in baseball are? I don't think it ever left. I love the home run. In my opinion, it is the only all-star competition across any sport really worth watching the dunk contest isn't what it used yeah. to be three-point contest is okay it's skills good nobody wants to watch NFL NHL players. skills competition that is cool. you're right especially yeah. this year at vegas on the fountain yeah. that was cool that's a se- that's in second place nobody <laughs> wants to watch nfl players play dodgeball right you know, like what yeah. in the world is that right. so but the home run derby in my opinion and it's more important because nobody cares about the all-star game mm-hmm. either you know when it doesn't decide home field advantage in the world series anymore I, I say it never left. I think it's a very cool event. I still think there's just a little bit more tweaking that needs to get done with the rules, but it, it's it's an exciting event. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think do you think this format is the best format, or I do think you think so. the nine outs was good? Because I think the timing makes it 
just naturally more exciting just because you have the timer countdown. Yeah, I agree. I think having that timer kind of adds to the suspense. It adds to, all right, he's got to hit five home runs in a minute to get tie or force a tiebreaker round or something like that. But yeah, I totally agree with what's been said about the home run derby. I think I don't think it's left for the most part. There might have been dip in popularity, mm-hmm. but I you see guys like Rodriguez, Soto, Jose Ramirez, Ronald Acuna out there, some of the biggest young stars in baseball wanting to go do the derby. And Julio talked about it. It, it was his dream to go do the derby. And him getting to do it and do that, wow, just I- impressive. He had 32 home runs in the first round. I, I was not expecting that at all. Mm. And then turns around second round and goes for another 30. He hit him so fast, too. I was telling you this morning, um, I was watching his second round, and uh, I watched him in his first two or three, then the dog wanted to like play for a second, so I was playing tug war with the dog. It took like 40 seconds, right? I turned back around, looked at the TV, and when I last looked at it, he had three home runs. I look back, he's got like 27. Like, how is that even possible to hit that many home <laughs> runs in that short amount of time? But I guess I should have phrased the question as, is baseball back instead of is Herman Derby back because I mean the NFL kind of took over baseball there for the longest time even probably most people would say uh, the NFL is currently and still definitely you know the most popular sport in the U.S. but with this young crop of guys and how charismatic they are how much fun they have how good they are do you think baseball's back I think there's a lot of things that are going in the right direction for baseball like you said two young superstars in the home run derby and obviously you've got everybody loved the Orioles for the stretch that they won those games in a row now it's the Mariners uh, doing their thing, which are teams, the kind of these underdog teams that people like to root for. It's a little bit of contract drama, which people love on the outside looking in that somebody turned down half a billion dollars in contract money. Um, and like you said, it's full of young stars. And you're going to see a lot of them today. Shane McClanahan's going to start the All-Star game. A, a former Mountaineer, Alec Manoa, still in his early 20s, is going to pitch in the All-Star game. There's a lot of young talent that plays a, a very fun brand of baseball. Um, and Rodriguez and Soto epitomized that yesterday. So I think there's a lot of contributing factors that make Major League Baseball a lot more appealing than it was five or six years ago. Yeah, I agree 100%. This young crop is really making baseball a fun watch. Now, granted, I still think the NFL is king right now, and it probably will stay that way just of how pushed and marketed the National Football League is. But I'm just looking at so many stars right now. When we brought up the young stars conversation, guys under the age of 25 right now in the MLB, Juan Soto, Vlad Jr., Fernando Tatis, who hasn't even played this year, mightily, Ronald Acuna Jr., Bo Bichette, Austin Riley, Luis Robert, Wander Franco, the list goes on and on and on. I've got even guys under the age of 27 that mm-hmm. are just studs. And this is so good for the game. And then you got guys who are going to come up to in a few years that are really going to revolutionize. I think this is a new era of baseball and more. It, well, baseball at times has been like reserved. Mm-hmm. You play the game. I feel like there's a big confidence coming to the sport. And it's what it's needed for years. No, I think so, too. Baseball, I mean, as a lifelong diehard baseball fan, baseball was kind of tough to watch there for a while because it was just boring. Nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. Nobody, you know, was worth watching really for that matter. But I think I think baseball is in a pretty good spot right now. But going from the big leagues to the little leagues, uh, the future stars of the All-Star <laughs> game could be playing here at Oatsdale Park. Uh, we got rained out yesterday with that monsoon, which I did not expect that rain to be as heavy oh, and gosh. as quick as it was. And to be honest, I thought they probably had a chance to play. Uh, but for, you know, probably the right reasons, uh, they postponed games yesterday. And they're moving on today.
Yeah, and you have to give, excuse me, uh, <laughs> grounds crew credit. They tried to save the field yesterday. Yeah. The first update was we're going to reevaluate at five. Maybe we'll start at seven, see what we can do. So I know that they were over there fighting for their lives because, you know, this isn't college or high school right. kids. I mean, these yeah. are 12-year-old kids. Get People got to buy another hotel and room. Exactly. And yeah. Exactly. Um, but you're absolutely right. And one local team still alive, obviously, and Jefferson will play tonight at 8 p.m. against the loser of the Bridgeport-Ona-Milton game. Uh, and the biggest question, I guess, now is what this means for pitching because we talked um, – Oh, yeah. Does that restart? It should. Uh, to Coach Lowry of Jefferson yesterday and said he would only have two unavailable pitchers, and one of them wasn't a regular starter for him. Hmm. So you would make the argument that Jefferson now would have the entire arsenal of arms available. Um, but you can't say the same for Bridgeport, Nona Milton. Obviously, you could save guys because you have a loss you could absorb, but I don't think that's what they're going to do. So we talked about how there's so many factors contributing to Jefferson being in a good spot, playing one of those teams after a loss, um, with more pitching available than the team that they would be playing had. And I think this is just one more advantage you could give a team that's shocking that they're coming uh, from the loser's bracket. But, again, it's a Bridgeport team that hits the cover off the ball and a Nona Milton team that just shuts you out. And a day removed, a day further removed with that from the delay means mm-hmm. that all the arms that shut you out could pitch against you again. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting and uh, certainly a tantalizing matchup for Little League Baseball. Yeah, I didn't even think of that uh, with the day off because, well, Bridgeport, they've had two days off now, yeah. uh, so they're 100% ready to go. It definitely adds a wrinkle to it because, as you know, with Little League Baseball, if you got good arms, you got arms that are ready, that makes you pretty tough to beat, that's for sure. So you got any predictions for the games today? You know, I really don't. It's It's been difficult to try to predict. Martinsburg looked to be odds-on favorite along with Jefferson and unfortunately just kind of ran out of gas when it came to pitching. I really like the way that Jefferson plays. You know, you can tell the difference between how well some of these teams are coached. Uh, left fielders coming in to back up the third base bag, the catcher's running down the line on balls put in play in the infield, and guys are taking extra bases. And I think all the teams that are left, and, and no disrespect to the teams that have been eliminated because everybody earned a mm-hmm. chance to be here, but there's so much great fundamental baseball being played by 10, 11, 12-year-old kids that any of the teams that are remaining right now have a chance to play, or to win, excuse me, right. and it all comes down to pitching. Hey, they got here for a reason, right? And uh, the games will get back going today. Make sure you follow along. Luke will be out there uh, covering all the games this afternoon. And you can uh, follow along over on Twitter at epnewsnetwork.com. And, of course, after the games, uh, he'll have a recap over on panhandlenewsnetwork.com. But I want to go back to the All-Star game because I didn't look this up after they said it because I don't think any of the players did it. But was it true that if a player went out into the outfield and shagged balls if he caught any of the pop any of the balls that didn't go out he got points or uh home runs added to his total did you hear that at all i did not hear that because i didn't, I didn't see anybody do now. it and i figured you know with baseball players athletes are going to try and get an edge anytime they can with the all-star game i mean that's just good publicity if you're out there hanging out with everybody but i didn't look it up and i wondered why nobody would do it, just it. seems like a terrible like, like pete alonzo would just clothesline <laughs> oh, a kid well I'd- speaking of pete alonzo he's turned into the internet meme of the century well at least for me right now meme of the century what was he doing in the weight room uh, looked like a deadlift i, I love he, he, he looked flabbergasted there yeah. at, at the end yeah I, it i i'd have no idea that's another thing like he was supposed to be you know he's mr home run derby right. he's won two in a row he's he's the favorite to beat he can hit the ball 470 feet and he's got this perfect technique that's going to win and he brought in uh, uh joust that joust that the uh, the celebrity mm-hmm. batting practice thrower and they took their time, and he lost. You know, he was he was ripping sets, 
uh, minutes, <laughs> minutes before the home run derby. The only people in America that were lifting right before the home run derby were Parker and Pete Alonso. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting out Bojangles PBs. Yeah. There you go. Personal best after Bojangles. And run. then, uh, yeah. and then he lost. So I that made absolutely, absolutely zero. So he was zen. Like they'd cut, they'd cut to him down in the tunnel, yeah. and his eyes were closed, and he was meditating, and then he. Well, I did see on Twitter that uh, Sports Center, I think Sports Center tweeted it, um, and they're getting dragged for it. It was the picture of uh, a snapshot of Pete with his eyes closed in the tunnel, getting psyched up. And then under it, it was the picture of uh, Michael Jordan with the cigar, oh and uh, it is you know after they had just won, and the caption said um, like same energy or something like that, or same vibe, and <laughs> oh everybody's like, gosh. no, that's not the case. Dogs, Pete Alonso went out there and laid an egg. My my favorite though was the same picture of him with his eyes closed, and it was him imagining the fight that they had against the Cardinals earlier, <laughs> and the Cardinals' first base coach is minor league baseball legend Stubby Clap. And he's called Stubby because he's five foot eight. And it was Stubby Clap with his arms wrapped around big old Pete Alonzo <laughs> oh trying gosh. to throw him on the ground during that brawl. So, you know, he's going to have to absorb some L's here in the next couple oh, of yeah. days. We'll see if he bounces back. Well, Parker, I know you were pretty high up on Julio Rodriguez. And he, I mean, was in the finals. Your uh, predictions, for the yeah. most part, held was true. Six for seven. Six for seven overall. The only one I'd missed was Schwarber and Pujols. That, other than that, complete sweep of the bracket. Which also I want to bring up. I don't know if either of you have seen this. Schwarbergate is going on on Twitter right now because apparently that somebody's apparently claiming that ESPN miscounted Schwarber's home runs in the overtime period. Oh. Well, my thing is, wouldn't they? Aren't they also counting it at the home run derby, like on the field? Like somebody, there's got to be an official or somebody that's there on the field also keeping track. They're not just going with what ESPN's doing, right? You'd like to think that. Has to be. Yeah, I would think, but apparently what this person's claiming is Schwarber hit 20 in the overtime period, but they forgot to count the home run 18 that would have put him over. So they're they're claiming it's robbery in the ravine is what they're calling there it. Was, there was so, somebody that lost $54,000 on a bet for Schwarber to beat ooh, Pujols. So that, that wasn't you, was it? Well, they only would have won like $15,000. I know. Why? Oh, I just don't understand. Why would you do that? But Julio Rodriguez played, he had a pretty good showing. Oh, yeah. He killed it. I'm so happy that he did well. I was really rooting for Julio. He's been yeah. We could tell on your Twitter. Oh yeah, I was. <laughs> I if you follow my Twitter, I am a big Julio Rodriguez stan. I love him. I love his game. I think he really is the future of baseball, from what it seems. And got an overseas jersey in the mail right That's now. Right. Oh, oh yeah, for sure, for We're sure. Spell Rodriguez wrong, but it <laughs> oh, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, for that, and then. Julio, yeah, next year, Seattle it will be the home of the All-Star game. So definitely thinking we're probably going to see him go for the win this next year. I am a little upset that um, J-Rod didn't, at some point, maybe even first round he could have done it, just put that I Mariners agree. hat on and spin around backwards because we I know agree. Griffey was right next to him. He and everybody's th- calling him the young Griffey. Could have thrown a Griffey jersey on. That would have been cool, That'd too. That would have been pretty cool. But, yeah, I think it was a fun uh, home run derby last night. The broadcast I thought was pretty good. Uh, the radio broadcast that was heard here on WPM, WCST sounded great. And, of course, you'll be able to hear the All-Star game tonight right here on WPM and WCST as well. But stick around after the break. Uh, i got to play one more clip uh, talking about the All-Star game. Then we'll talk a little bit of Hedgesville baseball because here, after a while, we're going to have Hedgesville baseball coach Eric Grove on to talk about Hedgesville baseball and, of course, uh, Chase DeLauder being drafted to the MLB, uh, well, 16th in the MLB first-year player draft just a couple days ago. Stick around for more here on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Join the conversation on Twitter at EP News Network. 
Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. We've been chatting about the home run derby last night and how I think I can say we all thought it was a uh, roaring success. There was uh, intrigue. There were upsets. There were big home runs. Juan Soto almost broke his leg on the game win- or in the home run <laughs> winning uh, swing, which we're not going to talk about. Uh, also, does that kind of put his that puts his starting bid now at like at least six hundred, right? I. I don't see how that affects that at it all. It shows he's back. It shows that he's still got <laughs> he's it. Back. It shows he's still got it. That was that had to have been the most uh, important, essentially batting practice that uh, Juan Soto has ever uh, has ever taken. But here's a couple of uh, his words after winning the home run derby last night. It feels great. <laughs> it's another another thing that I add, like you say, to my trophy case and. I'm going to have it there forever, and I will be a home run derby champion forever. At the end of the day, I, I learned a couple of things that I don't have to only pull the ball. I can go either way, in and out, and I can go left, center, right, everywhere. everywhere. Well, they had to. Uh, we had to figure out that he didn't have to pull the ball because none of the players could see the ball when you're playing a day game in Los Angeles <laughs> where the hit, batter's eye in center field is essentially a mirror. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah, a major league baseball player just turned down half a billion dollars. Said he just figured out that I could hit the ball to the opposite field. And he hasn't really been—he hasn't really been having that bad of a season, too. What does I mean, that mean? Yeah. but uh, who knows? You know, I just honestly, found out that I don't have to hit the ball to left field. <laughs> Thanks. Who knows, man? And it's crazy how bad. Like people are saying, Soto's having a bad year, but he's having like a bad year for Soto is a great year for most other yeah. pros. He still, he still has a 400 OBP. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's, he still has that going for him. And I noticed uh, when Soto, I can't remember if it was first round or second round when Soto was in the Derby, guy from ESPN was talking about they were expecting Soto to be traded within the next two weeks. Uh, he, apparently he had an exec tell him that or something. I don't I don't know if that's a smoke type of thing ESPN's trying to feed in there or what, what the thing is there, but that kind of caught my eye when I heard that. I was like, uh, I, I don't know on that one. Well, I, I might. I say I was not loving the amount of interaction that Soto and uh, Starling Marte were having <laughs> yeah. uh, on the side of the field because they were hanging out a lot. And you know, I mean, yes, they're probably friends. They probably know each other forever, whatever, right? They probably weren't talking about it at all. But you know, in the back of Marte's brain, he was probably you know courting him a little bit to try and come to uh, go to the Mets. And by the way, which would be the worst place for him to go. Yeah, I, I would agree. And and not only him, but Albert Pujols as well. And you saw that CBS Sports and MLB.com both had said that the two uh, odds-on favorites right now, the front runners in the Juan Soto sweepstakes, if he gets traded, it would be the San Francisco Giants and the St. Louis Cardinals, which is just flooring because it, I don't think that either team has a history of making trades like that. It would be cool to see him hitting in San Francisco all the time, though. It would. That would be cool. Be how, many, how many baseballs would he put in McCovey Cove? Oh, to many to count. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty impressive. But yeah, fun home run derby last night. Uh, expecting a even more entertaining, hopefully, uh, all star game tonight. And I also wanted to bring up too because I thought it was hilarious that uh, they had that Derek Jeter documentary last night that I don't think anyone cared about. Not 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 a soul. Um, I, I mean, I'm not going to make an effort to watch. Derek it, Jeter is a fringe <laughs> Hall of Famer and nothing more. I mean, I'm interested just for the fact. Uh, I mean, I think they pretty much did it exactly like. Um, the last dance thing. But so. like seven, does Derek Jeter deserve seven parts? All no. the great baseball players that have retired, that have come and gone in his era, like an Adrian Beltre or a Scott Rowland, or even Albert Pujols, right. who's retired right now. Could they seven have done it? Seven parts. Could they have done it in a thirty for thirty? 
Probably. Oh, easily. This easy could have been a one shot for thirty for thirty on a Saturday or Sunday. But <laughs> hey, that's that's being on that's being the shortstop for the New York Yankees for you. You, you get certain you get certain things. The captain number two, you're you're gonna get that treatment in that case. So ESPN's gonna do what they want to do with that one. Mm. Well, I didn't watch it, so hopefully <laughs> yeah. it was. Uh, I'm sure it was great. I'm sure it was amazing. And I hope. Uh, well, I was interested because from what I understood, they were supposed to be. Uh, some like underlying beef between him and A-Rod that yeah. like comes back up. But maybe I'll just wait until that episode comes out. Because like you said, Luke, there's seven of them. So we got plenty of times, plenty of chances to watch them. But stick around after the break. We'll be speaking with Hedgesville Baseball head coach Eric Grove, talking about Chase DeLauder. Uh, his background, of course, had such a storied career, uh, high school career at Hedgesville. And of course, talk about the current Hedgesville Baseball program. Stick around after the break on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. And of course, we've been talking Major League Baseball and we've been talking about the Major League Baseball draft for a while now. And locally, big name Chase DeLauder got drafted 16th to the Cleveland Guardians, which is uh, pretty dang cool, if you ask me. And we wanted uh, to chat with one of the guys that, you know, in my opinion, might have been one of the more pivotal uh, people in his you know, baseball trajectory and high school, his high school coach, Hedgesville Baseball head coach, Eric Grove. Eric, thank you for joining us this morning. Good to be here. Absolutely. So tell us before we, uh, you know, really get into it, tell us a little bit about uh, Chase as a guy. I mean, for those that, you know, maybe just know him from the baseball field, know, you know, him hitting home runs and striking people out. How is he, you know, off the field? Well, he, he would fit in this room really well, I feel <laughs> like. And, um, you know, he, he's confident in his abilities, but he's really a humble person on his daily walk. And, uh, He's not someone that's ever going to shun away from helping people that maybe, you know, want to, are interested in baseball or uh, he's been out to our facility several times since he's been a bigger name. And uh, still, you know, the kids are kind of in a weird spot with it. The, the kids that are a little bit under his age because they remember him playing and like almost could be like his classmate, but then also he's getting ready to make a lot of money. So right. uh, the, the, the freshmen were nervous for him to be around and the seniors were talking to him like they were boys from high school. So <laughs> he's, he's still that guy. He's still a kid, still a kid to me, but definitely uh, getting ready to be a pretty important popular kid. Yeah, that's, that's definitely for sure. Uh, it's going to be cool to be able to get his name you know, on a Major League jersey. But let's go back to uh, his senior year, uh, especially back in 2019. You guys had a great year, 23-9. and nine. He had a great year. He had a 6-12 batting average. What was it like, especially his senior year, to really see him you know, come to his full you know, high school potential? He had more extra base hits than singles, which is pretty, you <laughs> wow. know, you don't see that very often. And, uh, when he came up, I always felt like he might get intentionally walked. And, uh, it, it so happened. We had a couple of really good hitters behind him that let him, uh, you know, continue to fill that spot. It was always a question of where he should hit first or second. Do you want the most at bats? So we have a nine hitter can get on base. He's he, he, I mean, he talks about hitting home runs in center field, but he was a gaps guy in mm -hmm. high school and did it very frequently. And, um, you know, at the beginning of the year, it was actually – I had been around him his high school career, but that was my first year being his head coach. And so uh, it was a transition for him. And, and early on, um, you know, we, we had – you know, it was, it was just different for me because it's like I'm 
when you're an assistant coach, you're kind of a little bit more their friend. Right. And as a head coach, you have to have a direction for the program in mind. Uh, but, you know, he, he was the best teammate and really the best player he had ever been in his life his senior year. And um, I hope that, you know, that's one of the only things that I think I can hang my hat on because he's always been a superiorly gifted athlete and the work ethic was impeccable. Um but he was, he was a good teammate that year, and even though he was, you know, concerned about himself and how well he could hit, he always wanted the best for the team. And um, you don't always find that with kids this age, and you know their parents' motivations for wanting them to be what they're probably not going to be. And so, but his parents were never like that, and that made it a lot easier on us. Uh, well, coach, talk about draft night a little bit. What it's like to kind of be around somebody. You know, nerves and tensions are high a little bit, and in Chase's case. You know, mock drafts had him going as high as five, as late as the 30s. Uh, was it, What was his confidence on that night and just kind of going through that experience with him and then finally hearing his name called? He, he was confident he was going to go in the first round. People that were surprised that he went 16th, he wasn't. I don't know that he was upset that he didn't go higher, but I know that uh, in his mind there's, you know, 14 teams that uh, – or I guess it was 13 teams that – didn't want him and the Mets didn't want him twice, whatever it was, but, um, and he'll keep that in the back of his mind, but you know, there's teams need to have different needs and they see, you know, maybe someone they want to develop more versus less, but I don't think he was nervous. Uh, I think when he got the phone call, it was a different, uh, sort of emotion for him. And you could see it on his face because he worked hard and, um, you know, it just is a culmination of a body of work that took a lot of time and effort and a lot more than most people are willing to put in. And um, I think he was he's excited anywhere that he went. Uh, I think some, some destinations were, uh, you know, on his bucket list. And, you know, you never know where, it's, where things are going to go. But I think he's ex- really excited to go to Cleveland. It's, you know, not too, too far from home. And that's one of the things that he wanted when he went to James Madison was he didn't want to go across the country to fulfill his dream. He wanted to play division one, be close to home. He got to do that. And maybe he gets to do it this way too. Well, coach, that trajectory is certainly interesting. You obviously have your name called 16th in the MLB draft, but you're not coming through an IMG Academy. You're not coming through Vanderbilt. You're coming from a local high school baseball team, Legion background, played some football, a multi-sport athlete in high school, and then not necessarily a power five, uh, baseball program as well. And yet, uh, still able to hear his name called in the first round. So certainly a unique trajectory that gives hope, I guess, to baseball players that are are going a similar route. Well, I I think that there's enough um, connections in this area. And also, I mean, if, if you're good enough, you'll make it. That's what people don't really understand. They think it's, it's hard because you see Jackson holiday, drew Jones. I got to be one of those guys. You don't have to be one of those guys. You just, you do have to put in more work probably than they do. And I can't speak to how, you know, how hard they work or whatever, but they you know, your name's not known when you're born to the people in the MLB realms. And, um, for him now to, to do this, I, I do think, you know, there's a, a kind of a beacon for anybody now that wants to be seen or heard, you know, maybe you should get to know him a little bit cause he'll be back. <laughs> And uh, if you're good enough, he'll know, and uh, hopefully, you know, it works out for him um, where he has that kind of pull in those circles. And, uh, you know, his his high school days were were obviously um, just a stepping stone for him, but uh, I think he had a good time doing it, and I don't think he's ever going to leave here for good. 
Now, Coach, you're joining an elite level of coaches that have had an MLB first-round pick. What's some advice you could give to kids playing in high school baseball in the panhandle and kids playing in Little Leagues with the Little League tournament going on right now that you give them to have sort of a career, somewhat of a trajectory as Chase has had? I don't really feel like um, when when it comes to the, the coaching situation is – seems to just get so um, watered down to a degree. There's so many dads, granddads that, you know, hover over about their kid. And I don't know that he ever had um, – I know that Aaron coached him some, but I don't think that, you know, his parents were heavily involved with the coaching aspect of him. And when it comes to your younger years, you can listen to your dad and you can <laughs> – you know, that might be the only person that will take you to the ball field or throw with you, do something baseball-related – as far as you know, the, the all-star tournaments and coming up through little league or going to pony league or going to travel teams, you know, we all the time we hear about you know little league is deteriorated and all this stuff, and I don't always see that when I go watch these travel games. I don't feel like there's that big of a disconnect. Uh, but you know, you need to do something with baseball year round. You can play other sports, but you need to even if that's lifting or. Um, working on, you know, your skills in the cage or just your hand-eye coordination or uh, taking ground balls, throwing a ball off the garage door. I don't know. Whatever you have to do, it's <laughs> it's little things. It's not always about I have to have the nicest stuff um, and just get in a routine and develop yourself a system that makes your body better, your mind better, and just do it a lot. And he never he, – he always had a bat in his hand. And – um, it didn't always have to be the nicest bat that you could buy in your uh, local store. You know, it's, it can be whatever, um, whatever can help you in some skill or some fashion get to high school. And, you know, in high school, it's really just your, a stepping stone for you to go to college somewhere. And you see, I, I really thought it was unfair when they talked about, you know, his opening weekend against Florida State. At, I mean, we've heard for baseball for 100 years that the – hitting is usually behind the pitching the mm -hmm, first mm -hmm. month of the season and every level of baseball. And, you know, that's, I mean, he's not, he's not exactly facing a bunch of scrubs. Right. Yeah. So right. that's not really fair, but, uh, you know, just, just keep working hard, uh, and, you know, do the little things that, you know, even if it's working on the field, get yourself out there, be a part of it. And then you have more of a, you have more of your hearts in it a little bit more. And I think that helps. Well, let's talk about the current crop of Hedgesville uh, High School baseball players. Last year, 10 and 12, a little bit of a, uh, I guess, a grind of a year, you could say. Kind of walk us through this past season. Um, you know, how was it? It was a little bit of a rebuilding year for you? It was. We were young. We had a lot of, we had a couple freshmen start every game by the end of the year. And in baseball, size matters. And it, <laughs> we kind of just were outsized and, um, you know, we we in our in the playoffs, we I think gave up three runs yep. and still only won one game, and that's really hard to swallow. That's you know, it's bad offense, and you know we got we have to coach better and play better, and the kids got to get bigger. And uh, I, I think you know there is talent there, and Chase's younger brothers there, mm -hmm. and um, you know I we're, we we kind of expected that, but same we I thought we had a, a fairly solid year. Mm -hmm. You know, it was weird. We didn't win any games against a team that was over 500, and we were we only lost one or two against teams that weren't. So I guess we beat everybody we were supposed <laughs> right. to, and didn't beat anybody we weren't supposed to. But um, we'll get to work in that October, November, and hopefully next year we'll be back to 
back to what Hedgesville wants to be. And say, what are you uh, what are you looking like looking forward towards next year? What are you looking at? Any any guys uh, that have been on your radar, especially now that the summer uh, pretty much travel schedule was for the most part done. Well, we don't have Chase, and that's what a lot of people are going to ask me. <laughs> When's the next Chase? Or we don't have Chase yet, but hopefully somebody gets. Uh, the onus to work hard like chase does and you know you never know what can happen uh, but the our, our younger kids um we'll have to see how they transition to varsity pitching and stuff because i just don't see that in their local tournaments mm-hmm. and things they play mm-hmm. so that's hard uh, our older guys we'll have a senior class got six or seven kids that um, if they drive our offense, we'll be pretty successful. If they don't, then we could be in for a similar year. I think we'll pitch really well. Uh, I think there's a couple maybe college prospects for smaller colleges if they that's what they want to do to pro- primarily pitch. But um, I think we could have a good year. It's going to be a tough tough area next year. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, Teams are pretty good around here. Now, I wanted to bring up, too, I feel like every time I open up the sports page nowadays, I see a Hedgesville Little League team of some level winning <laughs> some sort of tournament. Uh, it looks like there's a pretty good crop of kids on their way up coming out of the Hedgesville ranks. I, I went to the Junior League tournament a little bit. I watched the Senior League team play. What's cool about that, I'm actually going to go when they go to Florida. There are a lot of kids that play for me now. They're going to Safety Harbor, Florida, and that's where my grandfather's from. And he was actually in the Yankees farm system, and that's where his name's actually on uh, a couple of the facilities down there, the family name and whatever. So I'm going to go down there and uh, watch them play. The The junior league team was small. They're talented, but they're small, and they didn't fare real well. And I feel like it's an extension of our high school team being small. <laughs> The younger groups, yeah, there's a couple of young groups that are really good. Uh, actually, I work with uh, one of them's mom, and, you know, I've kind of followed that team. You know, I don't know how long I'm going to do this, but mm-hmm. they're, they're uh, you know, Hedgesville Little League's done it the right way, and Martinsburg Little League has also, you know, that's right. where actually where Chase was from. These Little League programs are established, and, you know, there are good people still in them, and, uh, Hedgesville's done a lot of good work. We have a good partnership with them because that's where our field is. So I, I do go watch the kids and see what they're up to. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all about growth. You see so many kids in, in that age group that are dominant superstars and they don't work on their physique and, you know, their just their overall skill set. They get lapped in high school. It's just so hard to transfer that talent to, to high school and then to college and beyond. Uh, Coach, I wanted to ask you just one more question about Chase. Obviously, you had a big hand in his development through high school. Just pre- uh, pre- pretend for a second that you're developing him now in the professional ranks. Where do you see uh, his career going? Do you see him trying to put on more weight, moving to a corner outfielder, trying to develop more you know, strength and bat speed? Do you see him dropping some weight, being a speedier center fielder, or maybe get weird with it and put him back on the mound? Because obviously, he was a two-way player when he began at JMU. Well, I have to say that I don't really ever want to take credit for anything <laughs> developmentally that he did because that's not – I didn't do that. And he – you know, I, I like to think if anything, maybe I made him think a little bit differently than, and and maybe I don't know, prepare his brain to be at that level, but not talent wise. That's him. That's the people that put in when he was younger. What would I see him as as a major leaguer? I mean, I don't think the the era of baseball we're in, they're going to want him to lose weight and be the gliding center fielder that slaps the ball around. I don't think that's what they drafted him for. Uh, I don't think he's going to end up back on the mound, but I will say, you know, I was 
his his pitching coach, and that's why he went to JMU. <laughs> I'm sorry that didn't work out, but he was good when he was good before I got him then too. Uh, so I think he'll. I think they'll probably move him to a corner outfield spot, and they want him to hit home runs. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Brewers fan. At least I was until two days ago. <laughs> I mean, I think they have one person hitting over 250, and they're still like five or six games over 500. Baseball's changed. They don't really care if you hit 606 in high school or not. They want home runs, doubles, and strikeouts, I guess. So that's probably what they're going to gear him towards. But the the Guardians have had a good developmental team, it seems like, that have had a lot of young players grow up to be you know, studs. And so maybe that's him. I hope that's him. And uh, I think probably corner outfield. But, you know, he's a he is a good outfielder. And I don't necessarily know what it takes to make a, you know, be one of the best 30 center fielders in the major leagues. But – I think he could do it because whatever it takes, he's going to be willing to do it. And, you know, you can't really quantify that enough. People say they're hard workers and they're not. And I I could be, you know, that's kind of one of the things I keep in the back of my mind when I coach high school was, Eric, you didn't always want to work hard. This kid always wanted to work hard. So that's why he is where he is. And uh, I am where I am. But um, he's, he's, he's going to make it, I think. Now, Coach, was there anybody that Chase alluded to that he was excited to play with in Cleveland? I mean, you've got Jose Ramirez. He's one of the biggest stars in baseball right now. He was just in the home run derby last night. You've got Andres Jimenez, who just made the all-star game this year, and some other great players on that Cleveland team. Did he pick out anybody by name that he was excited to eventually get it up to the Guardians and hang around with and play with and learn from? Well, I heard a player comparison to him from their um, – I guess front office or whatever is Grady Sizemore, which hmm, he's not there anymore. Um, as far as I didn't talk to him about the players that are there now, but he knows a lot of them because he's not knows them personally, but he's a student of the game where he's, you know, he, he knew these kids drafted in front of him, their skill set, and, you know, at what they offered to a major league team. And he knows probably by now he knows the majority of the guardians <laughs> roster and, mm -hmm. Uh, where I, I, he didn't say anybody in particular because it was honestly it was a crazy night and there was a lot of people there. I I haven't talked to him a lot about it, but um, I'm sure he'll get he'll he'll get to work real quick with people you know his age and a little older and see those guys over the winter and um, I think he'll fit in really well. Again, we're speaking with Hedgesville uh, head baseball coach Eric Grove, speaking about well the current Hedgesville High School crop of talent that's coming through, and of course Chase Delauder, who was drafted 16th overall to the Cleveland Guardians just a few days ago. Uh, coach, thank you for joining us this morning. It's so special for you know a guy to get drafted from you know small town. Uh, it's so big for the kids to see that growing up. Now they have something you know. Hand, or physical to aspire to, especially with him. Uh, I see on your Facebook page and stuff, he's back helping with the with the squad and the team, things like that. That's so big for the kids and the people of this community. So thank you uh, for joining us this morning on Panhandle Sports Live. Thank you, have, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Stick around after the break. We got Parker's Picks here on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, part of the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. If you missed it, right before the break, we had Hedgesville uh, High School baseball head coach Eric Grove on to talk about Chase DeLauder, of course, and uh, about the current crop of Hedgesville High School athletes. 
So if you missed that, you can listen back to it a little bit later on. But um, we were talking during the break there, and Luke, you said uh, you brought up a cool, pretty cool story um, about you know how this isn't necessarily the first time this has happened around here. Yeah, definitely not. I uh, have credit Kyle Wicks for this one, but you know other players have been taken from the Panhandle before. In 1999, Jefferson had a player, Josh Sennett. wasn't quite a first round pick. Was a sandwich pick, 34th overall by the Orioles, and we had the conversation off the air as well. Uh, about if you're good enough, people are going to find you. You know, and I've mm-hmm. said this before about Jed Jerko in Morgantown. He played Legion. You know, he went to a couple of camps and things like that, and he put in the work necessary to be a major leaguer. But he goes to WVU, um, and the rundown facilities they had at Holly Field, oh, quite yeah, frankly, time, rest, yeah. rest in peace. Ooh, yeah. um, and he got found. You know, if you're good enough, they'll find you. You know, and I think that's so important for local baseball, for high school baseball, to not rip these kids out of where they're from and put them in academies. Or, you know, travel baseball over mm-hmm. the summer. You can play Legion. You can play right. travel ball. You know, or, uh, Little League ball. You know what I mean? You don't have to go across the country to try to get coaches to find you. If you're good enough, they will find you. And, of course, like he said, uh, there's a big difference. Every major leaguer, every first-round pick has a story about getting up at Sunday at 7 a.m., going to the batting cages and working hard. So, you know, it's not an impossible-to-follow blueprint for young kids out there that want to play in college, that want to play professional baseball. It's hard work, and people will find you. Yeah, I agree. Uh, a lot of the focus, especially when I was coming up, especially in high school, everything was travel ball, travel ball, travel ball. Don't play at your local things. Don't play Pony. Don't play Colt. Don't play Legion. Go down here because it's the only place you're ever going to get you know, noticed by anyone else. But... You know, like you said, and like Coach said, not necessarily the case, that's for sure. So great conversation with Coach Grove. Like I said, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook page. Parker had a pretty good night last night, except for Apple Pool Hole Shock in the World. So what are we looking like uh, today? Really the only thing to bet on, unless you want to go do a little cycling betting. You can come my way if you want to talk about that. Uh, we got the All-Star game going on. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll direct our listeners to uh, Jordan for the cycling betting. Yeah, I'll, I'll take care you're, of you. There. You'll be the insider for that. So I'll I'll throw this out there. All star game, really the only thing that I'm looking at for today. Best thing that I found, I think the MVP betting is just too, it's too unpredictable. I think yeah. I wouldn't touch it. So I'm going with I think is a little bit of a safer parlay today. So I'm going for. <laughs> you did not sound confident when you said that. I think it's safer than what I could have went for. So I've got to record a hit. Just all these guys to record a hit at some point during the All Star game today. Aaron Judge, Rafael Devers, Trey Turner, Tim Anderson, Paul Goldschmidt, and Shohei Otani. Can I throw a prop bet out there? Yeah, go for it. Over under how many um, how many times Trey Turner slides on purpose just. So he can show how cool he slides. Two over. and a half. You're going to say two and a half? I'm setting two and a half. Way over on that. <laughs> Way over on that. I think he'll just run out and slide to second base just to start like the inning. I don't, just lead it off. A safe parlay, by the way. You know these guys are only going to get one at bat. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, the, it's the all-star game. You never know. I, I'm thinking it's going to be a lot of. I think it's going to be a high-scoring All-Star game this year. Mm. I think so, and we're going to see a lot of guys. Hit. I'm confident in Turner hitting, confident in Anderson hitting because Anderson mashes left-handed pitchers, and he'll be seeing a little bit of that in the lineup as well. You'll be seeing Otani, which I think Otani's going to try and put on a show once again. He he's he's got to be he's he's the MVP. He's got to be the front runner. Him or he, I think he's probably the front runner. Don't you think? Early, early yeah, doors. he's the uh, odds-on favorite for All-Star Game MVP. Otani is. He opened up at I think plus three eighty, and then Aaron Judge is right behind him at plus six hundred right now. Then you top five rounds out: Vlad Jr., Mookie Betts, and Paul Goldschmidt. And of course, there's going to be a West Virginia connection. Alec Manoa yeah. is going to make an appearance, and big news for WV is he baseball. The, is he in the MVP? race Manoa for the all-star game yeah I don't know if they has, has a pitcher ever won the all uh, the MVP of the oh there's gotta have been I don't know I I usually don't gotta be like a 
I don't, Nolan Ryan or surely, like something like that. I don't, surely. I, I, listed. I, I would have good odds on him throwing a scoreless inning. I will say that. He's a competitor. Cool. Well, hopefully it's an as entertaining all-star game as the home run derby was last night. Uh, and don't forget, we got Little League Baseball coverage. That'll be over on EP News Network on Twitter. And then Luke will have his uh, post-game recaps up on our website. Check it out, PanhandleNewsNetwork.com. But for Luke and Parker, I'm Jordan Nice Warner. This has been Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is next. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.